Welcome to the SMB Advertising Podcast, where our aim is to help 1 million small and medium-sized businesses to succeed with their advertising. My name is Mike Damanovich, and I'm the host of this really special podcast, which is aiming to deliver value, value, value to our listeners and those of you that are watching. So today, I'm really excited. We have a very special guest in the studio. Uh, Her name is Christina. She's from Google. Welcome. Thank you so much. Great to have you here. So today, uh, Christina, you're going to be talking to us about and sharing your knowledge about why and how and uh, what companies should be doing in terms of experimentation. Um, You're originally from Germany, but you've been living in Norway for over a decade now. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) And you've had um, quite a journey in terms of the companies that you're working with. I believe you've been working for DNB for mm-hmm. a time mm-hmm. um, and now uh, lately uh, at Google um, and um, I think perhaps to start with we could talk about your PhD which you have uh, which has to do with experimentation mm-hmm. uh, would you like to start by just saying a little bit about that yes sure thing um, well I came to Norway in order to take a PhD in economics at the Norwegian School of Economics and the PhD had a focus on behavioral and experimental economics. So we also worked with large data sets, but uh, primarily, um, so two thirds of my PhD focused on behavioral and experimental economics. And as part of that, we had a collaboration with the tax administration. And the tax administration has received data on taxpayers that received income abroad. And with that, they were able to see if there were any discrepancies on the Norwegian tax returns. And with that, we were able to identify 18,000 people who actually did have quite large discrepancies. And the tax administration naturally asked themselves, how can we best, so most effectively communicate with those taxpayers in order to increase voluntary compliance? Um, So a little bit like you have a big question in marketing today, in terms of personalization, how do you most effectively co- uh, communicate with your customers? Um, who knows the answer to this? Nobody really, you need to figure it out. And how do you figure it out? Well, experimentation definitely is a great tool in your toolbox in that case. So what we essentially did was that we divided the sample that we were given by the tax administration into different groups. We sent them different letters and varied the communication in those letters and measured how much they actually declared on the next tax return. And with that, only by sending those letters. So we didn't have anything more resource intensive to do than just sending out that letter or like drafting the letter and sending it out. We actually were able to collect 122 million Norwegian kroners at that point. So it was uh, quite effective, right? There's still a way to go, but Mm. yeah. So sort of essentially in that respect, by experimentation with the messaging, yes, uh, you were able to find out which one worked the best, and as an end result, you received were able to collect 122 million, million Norwegian crowns. Yes, and uh, I think that's uh, incredibly relevant. The podcast is obviously not about tax evasion, mm-hmm. but about experimentation, and uh, we we heard in a previous episode about exactly that when you are uh, pushing out your ad, your ads or, or your website, what is the type of messaging that you have there? Is it something that I personally just think 
mm. is is relevant to my potential customers, or is it actually uh, am I experimentation experimenting and finding the messaging that is that is relevant? Uh, so that's really really uh, pertinent. Um, so um, anything more to add there? Yeah, um, I think you put it quite nicely, and I think what's very important here is as well that. We were three professors and me, the PhD student on that project, and we all had different ideas of which message was going to be the most effective, mm. right? And if I've heard, learned one thing throughout this experiment, but also through further experiments that we did, is that, you know, you have to replace intuition with, the, or you, you could test your intuition, right? Mm. So you have to dare to be wrong yeah. at times as well, and own that as well. It's it's not bad to be wrong, but try to test your intuition because if your intuition is wrong then you do something very ineffectively in order to reach your customers mm. right so you have to own to be wrong yeah. dare to be wrong at times and test that intuition of yours and what happens when we're wrong we learn yes and we improve precisely perfect and one thing that i also learned is that what was true yesterday might not be true today right so mm. this is a constant learning journey this type of personalization of the message, it's constantly evolving. We have a constantly evolving world and we need to adapt. So if you have a best practice that was true yesterday, there might be a best practice that is true tomorrow. Right? Is that true also in the opposite? If, for example, you've tried something, let's say a year ago and it didn't work, that could be that you try it this year mm. and it could work much better. Oh, most definitely. Great. So um, let's start with the what so what is your definition of experimentation? Okay, um, so I would describe experimentation as a data-driven way to test different alternatives. So the data-drivenness here with a little bit of rigor and a little bit of uh, technicalities, you know, mm -hmm. I think can replace decision-making based on intuitions. Um, Experimentation can also help to complement existing data science models. So it could be, for instance, that companies are testing out media mix models, right? Um, but there's a lot of statistical issues with media mix models. And one way to go about this could be, for instance, also to calibrate these media mix models with experimentation estimates. So that, that would be one, one way to go about this. So at the same time, certain companies would need to really ramp up their data science teams in order to do this. But sometimes companies don't have the means to have full-blown data science teams, right? Mm. Um, maybe not even the entire data at their disposal. So in that case, experimentation can also help them to do data-driven data decisions in a smaller context. Yeah, okay. So with that in mind then, um, my second question to you goes towards the what. So here we have, what should companies be exper experimenting with? All right, um, there's a lot that they can do. If we're staying in the marketing area, um, you could test your ad creatives, right? So if you want to reach a certain target group, what sort of creative is are they most responding to? Or when it comes to customer acquisition, which media channel should you use? Right? Which media channel is most effective in driving exactly that type of traffic that you're interested in and that type of audience that you're interested in? Um, alternatively, you could also look at your customer journey, right? The moment that people are coming onto your website or into your app, how do you optimize the way until the conversion that you want your customers to take? 
be it to fill out a form, sign up for a newsletter, or in the end also do a sale. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm. Some minor tweaks can actually provide a lot of uh, results. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Especially with the customer journey, as you said. Mm. Um, and uh, I like what you said about the different creatives, testing different creatives. Uh, perhaps uh, a video, a short-term uh, video, could uh, actually be much more easily digestible yeah. <laughs> uh, for um, your target audience. Um, at the same time, it could also be images, uh, different channels, whether it's Google mm. uh, or Facebook, mm. if I'm allowed to say those two in the same uh, in the same <laughs> sentence with <would> you. <laughs> okay, but then uh, I think we've kind of also touched on the next question, but um, uh, like why and what types of companies should be experimenting? Any, any company should be experimenting. Um, very important in that case is also to create this culture of experimentation, right? Mm. Um, again, I can only repeat myself so many times, but to dare to be wrong, maybe mm. even celebrate failure reports, right? Yeah. Um, so that people also dare to share their failures because even the failures, if we should call them such, um, they also generate knowledge. Yeah. So in that sense, to share, disseminate that type of knowledge, not to reinvent the wheel all the time, because that is very resource intensive and it actually slows down the progress, the innovation. It slows down the knowledge building um, across the organization. Yeah. And, um, you know, you talked about uh, a little bit earlier about, you know, data science teams. Mm. Um, the majority of our listeners obviously probably are not at that stage yet. Mm. Um, but uh, is it your opinion that uh, irrelevant or irrespective of how large a company is, they should be experimenting with, with different things? I believe so, yes. Because even if you're thinking about the scaling, you should anchor wanting to find data-driven or like wanting to do data-driven decisions. You should anchor that already very early on. Mm. Um, if you don't have data science teams yet, then how can you base your decisions on data, well, experimentation mm. is definitely a possibility. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, uh, I think we've heard this before, but uh, if I have an opinion about something, mm. if I can't back it up with data, mm. then it's still just an opinion. Yes, precisely. But if I can back it up with data, then it becomes a fact. Very nicely put, yeah. <laughs> Great. So um, last question, and, and I think we have four points here about you know how a company should actually be experimenting. Mm. Um, should we take it from the top? Yes, let's do that. So um, you absolutely have to know what you want to know. It sounds so simple, it sounds so trivial, but ultimately, um, sometimes you want to know too much and you can't narrow it down in order to actually make it a test with the, yeah, we call it a testable hypothesis, mm. right? The moment that you have a hypothesis, you actually it's, it's a thought process in a way. You narrow down the idea of what you want to test into one simple sentence. And when you have an, like if you run experiments, you do essentially do statistical testing. So then you need a hypothesis that you want to test and the alternate hypothesis, right? And they should be mutually exclusive. And a lot of times I've seen that they actually overlap. And then mm. it's, it's not really clear what you want to test. So yeah. it's very important that you actually narrow down what you want to know and try and actually write it out um, and then have the alternative hypothesis what, you, what you're testing against. Mm. So you would actually write it down, know 
what it is that you want to test. Most definitely, that's yeah. super important. Yeah. And then your second thing? That you should develop a testing framework. Um, you have to define the R&Rs, so roles and responsibilities. Who is in charge of running this? Who is in charge of um, analyzing the results? But also, um, you know, you have a lot of things that you want to test and you need mm. to prioritize those tests. Ideally, you want to test everything, right? But it's resource intensive and there's also an opportunity cost to testing. So then opportunity cost is an economist's term, but essentially at heart, I'm an economist, right? So mm, yeah. apologies for the for the <laughs> terminology here. <laughs> but uh, opportunity cost is basically the cost that the alternative to the experiment would have been. So for instance, just implementing and seeing how it goes, because sometimes we don't need to have like the gold standard measurement to do things. And sometimes we get carried away wanting to experiment all too much as well. Um, so a testing framework would help you to rank hypotheses based on importance and to also maintain a backlog on uh, what you want to uh, test next. Yeah, okay. What you want to test yeah, next. Okay. Structuring hmm. things up. Precisely. Um, and then your third point, which I think uh, is something <laughs> that uh, is probably one of the most important things, uh, acts upon the, re the results. Yes. I have seen this all too often that we got results and then decision makers wouldn't act upon it. Mm. Um, and that goes throughout my PhD because we did pro bono uh, consulting during the PhD as well. Um, but it's it's... That goes a little bit hand in hand with knowing what you want to test and having a testing framework. How important is this test to me? Will I act mm. upon the results, yeah. right? Um, if you don't act upon the results, then you're again using resources for nothing. Mm. And here again, that might go a little bit hand in hand with my last point, that we have to create a culture of experimentation in every single company in order to succeed with data-driven decision-making because otherwise people will never dare to be wrong mm. yeah, <laughs> or dare exactly. to be tested. So not acting upon the results could also be a result of maybe not believing the results or believing that the intuition is still correct even though the data says something else. Mm. I, just, I think this is so uh, relevant. We talk often about having this growth mindset yeah. which essentially is... Uh, don't worry about getting things wrong because when we get something wrong and we learn from something yeah and then we become more logical more knowledgeable uh, and we can go further precisely uh, and then the last point here create a culture of uh, around experimentation mm -hmm. yes i've also mentioned it a little bit before but celebrate the so-called failures mm. right dare to be wrong own the fact that you have been wrong and test your intuitions because this is something where I believe over time people become so valuable because based on their experience of what has worked in the past, what has mm. not worked in the past, they build up a knowledge base that that is very difficult also to document. And with that, they become invaluable. This type of experience is really invaluable. It's, uh, it's so important to actually go through these stages and understand how our customers actually react to the different types of messages. Yeah. So, um, Christine, I have one more question that's not scripted, mm -hmm. and that is if there is just one thing from what we've spoken about today, one thing that our listeners could take away, what, what would that be? That's very clear. Um, you should most definitely test your intuition more often, and you should dare to be wrong more often. Mm. 
there we have it. So now we've uh, gone through uh, experimentation together and we've talked about the why, the how and the what. And I think um, together with what you've said now about dare to test your intuitions, dare to experiment, uh, dare to be wrong. Uh, I would also add the, the last point that you spoke about, which is know what you want to know. Mm -hmm. uh, develop a testing framework, act upon the results. I also would like to underline that one. Mm -hmm. And then create a culture around experimentation, which obviously mm -hmm. ties in with what you said now. Dare to be wrong, dare to test things out. So thank you so much for coming in, Christina. Thanks again so much for having yeah. me. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, thanks so much, guys, for listening. We really appreciate uh, you listening and following along on the SMB Advertising Podcast. That uh, This is uh, actually episode 13, done and dusted. So uh, we'll see you next time.